Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Reload by Tom Jones. Well, this is going to be something a bit different this week. Yeah, he's not the obvious choice, is he? But then again, sometimes the unobvious choice is the right choice. And often, over the last year or so mm-hmm. now, Just we over. haven't always gone with the obvious choice. No, we haven't. Of what we could talk about. And I hate to reference Rachel Stevens again, but <laughs> case in point. She did get a bit of attention recently, didn't she? The Pop Justice forums have been uh, hot again talking about that. Mm, quite cold and harsh on us, actually, as presenters. And talking about us as well. Um, but uh, we do do our research. Yes. So, um... And we certainly do like the album. Well, I like the album. Let's go back to Tom Jones. So Tom Jones has been around for a long time. Mm. He was born in 1940, Thomas John Woodward, from Wales. Yeah, of course, yeah. And Tom is, he's had a life-spanning career. He's still going now. In fact, if anything, he's been brought back into public consciousness through his involvement in The Voice. Yeah. He really does feel like one of those artists who just comes back around, a bit like Abba, really, as they came back with Muriel's Wedding and then Mamma Mia and things like that. And obviously that's... They're not making music anymore, but those things are bringing them back. With Tom, it's all these other things within his music career that's bringing him back. So The Voice more recently, but this album we're talking about today, which was released 20 years ago... Um, which is why we're talking about which it. Is, of course, why we're talking about it. You know, he was working with some of the most up-to-date contemporary artists at the time. And I think it's really brought him back to the public consciousness. So this was uh, an album of covers and duets. Yeah. Uh, this was a quite a hefty album, as we will discover today. It really did. It didn't just. It wasn't just a reload of hits of covers, but it did uh, at that time reload his career. Definitely, and it was his, and I believe still is his biggest selling album to date. Which is no surprise, really, is it, when you think about the caliber of artists working on this? Uh, and what I was surprised about, just reading up ahead of this week's episode, is just how big he was outside of the UK. I don't know why, but I always assumed. He was one of those artists that was just massive for us, but maybe not have translated across the world, but not the case at all. No. I mean, if you think about some of his biggest hits, I'm thinking about Thunderball, of course, being a Bond theme, that will, of course, have made him a household name. Not that it's worked for everyone. I mean, we're not talking about Rita Coolidge often, are we? She did Octopussy. Oh, I thought she used to run the cabin at Coronation Street. Rita Fairclough. (laughs) Uh, and I do have to say thank you very much to friend of the podcast uh, and presenter of our sister podcast, Torn Stubbs, Robert Gershenson, for suggesting this album to us. And sadly, Robert can't be here tonight due to um, other work commitments. Uh, so let's get stuck in to Reload. Lots to talk about. And it'll be interesting to hear, Dan, from you and from me, actually, some of our high brief highlights of some of the artists that we're going to touch upon as well. Hmm. Probably more interesting for me. Oh, okay. Whenever you're ready. I was born ready. So you said that with some determination. <laughs> <laughs> Side run track one is burning down the house with the cardigans.
Burning Down the House there, that was Tom Jones and the Cardigans. Mm, the lovely Cardigans. The lovely Cardigans. This was the lead single uh, from, from Reload, and it did very well. Top 10 in the UK, number 7. It's, it's just a great production. It's a great... Their voices work really well together. It doesn't sound... In a way, I think, almost, it doesn't sound like him featuring on their song. It doesn't sound like them featuring on his song. It just feels like a complete 50-50 collaboration. And what I love about all of this album, every single song, Tom went to the bands or the artists and to their studio of choice and worked with their producer of choice. So th- that's why I think why every song sounds different. So this was recorded in Sweden. Lovely. So I think Tom did that on purpose because he wanted to travel the world uh, and probably not even pay for the producers. Well, good for him. Good for him. So obviously every track is a cover. So this is uh, original was the Talking Heads track uh, released in 1983. You a Talking Heads fan? I'm not familiar with their work. I'm not a huge fan, but of what I do know of theirs, I do like particularly Once in a Lifetime. It's quite an obvious choice. This, I love this. I remember when it came out and it really made me sit up and take a fresh look at Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And probably a few of these tracks did that, I think. In 20 years, I haven't played this song to death, which I'm quite pleased about because I haven't tired of it either. It sounds as fresh today as it did back then, I think. And let's just briefly talk about the Cardigans, Swedish group. Dan, what's your Cardigans highlight? I absolutely love a raising rewind or a raising. Oh, I was going to say the same one. We can say the same one. We can say the same one. Uh, obviously, my favourite game's great as well, and loveful. That's not. I mean, they're just great songwriters, aren't they? Mm. Uh, a raising rewind, I'd have to say, is my favourite. Just a produ- and I think it's a very similar production on this. It's kind of there's electronics in there, but they're very subdued. Track two now. This is featuring the Stereophonics. This is Mama Told Me Not to Come. The radio was blasting, and someone's knocking at the door. I'm looking at my girlfriend, she just passed out on the floor. I've seen so many things I ain't never seen before. Don't know what it is, but I don't want to see no more. Mama told me not to come. 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 Mama told me she said that in the way So that was Mama Told Me Not to Come, track two there, which was featuring the stereophonics. I love that song, this so much energy to it, isn't there? From the off, almost. It is. It's great. And I think just the two of them together, so Kelly Jones and Stereophonics and Tom Jones, the vocaling together, it's almost like they're in a band together. Again, it doesn't feel like one featuring the other. They're all in it together. Yeah. And Stereophonics were very young, quite a young rock group at this point. Uh, Tom Jones had been going for decades but yeah, it just their voices suit. His has got is a bit more smooth, maybe Kelly's is a bit coarser, but works so well together. And of course, they're all Welshmen, so a lovely um, feeling of countrymen together. Yes. Mm. This was another uh, big hit. It actually was number four in the singles charts in the UK. So even bigger than the Cardigans track. Which one do you prefer? I couldn't pick one. These are probably my two favourite songs on the album, if I'm being honest. And they're the first two. Hmm. So it's all downhill from here. As as with most of our episodes. <laughs> uh, so uh, Peter's on his way. Um, so this cover was uh, originally uh, by American singer-songwriter Randy Newman, who wrote it for Eric Burden back in 1966. Randy is, of course, famous for writing the Toy Story scores and You've Got a Friend in Me. Really? Yes. 
great knowledge, though. A very distinct voice, which I was sort of hoping on this episode we might get a few of your impressions. Oh, really? Mm. Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) But maybe. Also, with my Eurovision fan hat on, Mm -hmm. I also spotted this song is bang on three minutes. Yes, I did notice that. And it feels, yeah, it just feels like a very concise song. A little bomb, a little thundercracker. Yeah, a little belter, actually. Mm. Um, but, yeah, this was a this is the perfect second track on an album after a real stormer of a first uh, track. And well done for saying he doesn't set his own stall out. Well, no, I don't think there's a stall to be set out in this week's episode and this album because it's a, every track is a very different beast. Mm. And that's just the rich tapestry that we enjoy, isn't it? That it's not always... The same. And, you know, people are probably tiring of our little sayings by now, so it's quite nice not to say some things some weeks. In fact, yeah, our new track-by-track year resolution should probably be none of the same old catchphrases. Ah, oh, well, you see, I could probably still say some things and, and cling on to them as a format point rather than a catchphrase. Right. I'll cancel the memorabilia than the, uh, the merchandise. <laughs> um, Dan, just before we move on to the next track, um, what's your favourite Stereophonics track? I... Really enjoyed their cover of Handbags and Glad Rags, which of course you'll oh, know as the, the theme yes, from The Office. Yes. I've, I've liked a lot of their stuff, to be honest, but that one I think is really special. How about you? I would have to say The Bartender and the Thief. Yes. Such an energy in that track. Really is. Have you ever seen them live? I haven't had the pleasure, actually. Because I imagine they'd pop up at uh, Glastonbury where you like to spend a summer weekend. Track number three now. Uh, this is featuring Robbie Williams. Are you going to go my way? So I'm not paid. I play this game. And I won't stop until I'm down. But what I really want to know is, uh, are you going to go my way? And I've got to, got to know. So that was Are You Gonna Go My Way? I'm going to say something slightly controversial here. Obviously, it was a cover of the Lenny Kravitz track. Yes. I do prefer the original, very much so. And you know what? I think that's okay. And I think Tom would... would, He's a a long-serving musical performer. He's worked with the greats. He's friends with a lot of the greats. I think he'd respect your opinion on that. I do like the combination of Robbie and Tom. Feels like they're cut from the same cloth. Definitely. And do you remember the Brits 1998 when there was uh, a full Monty medley and they duetted together on that? No, I don't. But the Brits 1998 is probably second only to the Brits 1997 as Brit Awards I would love to have attended. Yes. And is that for the Spice Girls? Well, just the music scene... Around that time, was just yeah. we have often said in this podcast, 1997 was one of the best years for music. Absolutely, 97, 98, even up to 99 when this album was released. Yes, ah, very inclusive. Okay. And I love just thinking back to because Robbie sounds very. There's a bit of an innocence to him joining Tom. Tom's obviously one of the biggest male artists that Great Britain has ever known. Now probably Robbie has overtaken him, arguably. And at this point, Robbie had just released a second album, or was leading up to his third album. So it very much does feel like he's learning a few tricks from a master here. If, actually, if you're ready to move on to the next song, Will. Well, no, actually, can I ask you a question first? Oh, you can. Because uh, it feels like we're going to forget to do this every time. 
Well, are you insinuating that we forgot last time and then we re-edited it in or something? Is that no, what you're saying? No, not at all. No? Uh, what's your favourite Robbie Williams song? Um, that's such a big question, isn't it? I really do like Robbie Williams. I think he's a fantastic performer and songwriter. I really like Feel, actually. That's just off top of my head. I really like Feel. How about you? Let Me Entertain You. Mm. It's very good. You're only allowed one. She's oh, Madonna featuring the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, you! if it's not Spice Girls, it's Pet Shop Boys in this podcast. Well, I'm waiting for you to wheel out Duran Duran again. There is a moment in this album. <laughs> You've already, you're already preparing for it. <laughs> but one of my other favourite Robbie ones actually is No Regrets. On backing vocals on No Regrets is, of course, Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys, but also Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy, who feature on this next song, which is All Mine. of a Portishead song and is it just me or does that sound like a Bond theme? Very Bondy indeed. I love Neil Hannon's he's got a very theatrical voice. Yes. And his delivery and his the way he sings I just absolutely adore. Definitely. There's, it's very it's unique isn't it? You mm. know instantly and as I said before with him featuring on the backing vocals of No Regrets by Robbie without even knowing that he was on that song I remember the first time I heard No Regrets I just knew well I knew that that was Neil Tennant and Neil Hannon they've just got such distinct voices it's incredible uh, again I think it's a canny collaboration as well as two artists or groups that complement each other really well um, did you know this was the one of the biggest hits Porter said actually had when this song was released uh, I didn't and do you know I'm not I, I like the noise that Porter's had make, but it's not one that I often will sit down and put on. I think it's, for me, it's more of a sort of, it's so atmospheric, it feels like it needs to be the soundtrack to something. You need to be in a certain mood. Yes. Uh, Taking some Class A drugs. Yes, and you haven't provided me with any for quite a while now. Quite no, some... we're going, going clean for the second year of the mm. podcast. So, Will, what is your favourite song from The Divine Comedy? It is uh, The National Express. That's a great song, isn't Such it? We say we. I know it's a cliche. What a fun song! It is a real fun song. Um, I remember that featured. I'm talking about now. That's what I call music. This episode a lot, but I think it was now 47 or something like that. It was a green one. Now 43, actually. I think it was great. I. You haven't asked me yet, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Driving home from Glastonbury this year, heard a song on the radio on BBC Radio Two that I'd never heard before, and instantly knew it was, of course, a divine comedy because of Neil's voice. It's a song called Norman and Norma. And do listen to it if you have the chance, because it is a real fun song. Uh, also, they did the theme to Father Ted, didn't they, as well? I've never watched Father Ted. Oh, so funny. So, moving on now, we're on to track number... Are we only on track number five? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Sunny Afternoon is track number five, featuring Space. Sunny Afternoon there, featuring Space. 
I loved Spaced when they were first out and about. Did you? Did I say Spaced or Spaced? You said Spaced, and I know you did like Spaced as well, didn't you? And I loved the comedy Spaced. Yeah. It was, in fact, Spaced the comedy is one of my favourite ever sitcoms featuring Simon Pegg and Jessica Hines in the first things they did. Also directed by Edgar Wright, who's now like huge yeah. you movie director. Pause for breath, honey. Okay. I'm just, I'm just a big fan of it. But Space, Liverpoolian band Space, uh, had some brilliant stuff back in the 90s. They were fantastic. Calling Angels? Is it Calling Angels? Avenging Angels. Avenging Angels. Oh, it was Calling All Avenging Angels, wasn't it? And of course, talking about how this album is interlinked. Oh, I know what you're going to say. The Ballad yeah. of Tom Jones. Which, of course, is great because it's Space and Keris Matthews, who's on here, singing about Tom Jones, who it's all about. So... Wonderful. I'm sorry about that dog barking as well, if you can hear that listeners in the background. Cook's trying to coax Thrash it. Thrash it. To... <laughs> She's a lamb shank out there trying to coax it to, to no avail, sadly. That's not copyright slang. <laughs> That's more Cynthia's bag, I think. So. This is a cover. Uh, they're all covers. They're all, well, you keep saying that, all but one. All but... Yeah. For the most well, part. Yeah, for the most part. So this was The Kinks originally. And I love The Kinks. A huge fan of The Kinks. And and I love this song. It's one of my favourites of theirs. And when I first heard it, I didn't like it, actually. I thought it was just too different, too showy, too whatever. And on the, by the second listen, I absolutely loved it. I think it's a great interpretation. And I think a great cover version is very different, isn't it? Well, you don't want to listen to a cover version. I mean, I don't enjoy a cover version that's basically the same as, as what was being covered. Yeah. And equally, it's sometimes there can be nothing worse than a cover version where it's all just stripped back. And it's, you know, a bit like the John Lewis adverts. Although I do quite like them, but things in that style. But I think you like them more because you just love Christmas. I do love Christmas. And we are getting there. I'm not trying to wish the year away, but mid-September now. Well, I think, you know, at this moment in time, on the uh, 17th of September... We had to think about that. as you peer over the today's newspaper, did you? <laughs> A lot of shops starting to have their Christmas stock out. Yes, the big tubs of celebrations. Which get smaller every year. Mm. Well, you seem to make quicker work of them every year, so one or the other. How dare you. Let's move on. Track six. So this is with James Dean Bradfield of the Monetary Preachers, of course. And this is I'm Left, You're Right, She's Gone. I'm left, you're right, she's gone. A cover of an Elvis song. Mm. Are you an Elvis fan? Not really, no. No, I have to say, likewise, it's weird. Some people find that strange. They think if you like music, you've got sort of Elvis because he was the number one, you know, he was the first rock star or whatever. But a couple of songs I like, but I don't really get the hype. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. No, no, no. I think he'd be fine with that. Um, but... I think Elvis, when you know he sang this song originally, when you listen to this version, it's really hard to get away from that. I don't know if it's different enough for me. Mm. I do love, though, we've talked a lot about the icons already on this album, a lot of them starting off in the 90s. We've talked about our love for the Cardigans and the Stereophonics. I love Manor Street Preachers, a big fan of theirs. Which, again, it seems quite strange saying that because it's not 
someone that we've talked about much on this on this podcast yet. Maybe we'll get to it one day. But um, I love James Dean Bradfield's voice. I think it is, again, a completely unique voice. And again, another Welsh voice. Um, and what would you say your favourite Manic Street Peaches track is? I think A Design for Life is a fantastic, very dramatic song. I love that. I agree. Again, we're going for the obvious ones, but they're greatest hits for a reason. It's iconic, that, that track. And I'm just singing the chorus in my head. Yeah. I'm not going to do it out loud. I'm just singing it in my head at the moment. I just think the words are very powerful. Mm. And very much, if you think back to the... It was just around 1997, I guess, when that track was out. It was an iconic song at the time. And this is when... Radio 1 was king, indie music was riding high everywhere, and this was one of those songs that was up there. Yeah. Just to typify that time. I'd love to see Tom Jones doing a cover of that one day. Well, yes, they Reload Part 2. Hmm. Do you know we've got it out for today, actually, for the 20th anniversary? Ill-judged decision on his part. Next one, then. So we're on to track number seven now, and this is Sex Bomb. Spy on me, baby, you Oh, don't. Hang on a second. Hang on. That's not what I remember that track to sound like. No, I remember you showed me a video of yourself in 1999, topless in heaven, dancing to Sex Bomb. And it wasn't that version. Uh, I think I was thinking of this one. Give me more and more, counting up a score. Yeah, you can turn me upside down and inside out. You can make me feel the real deal. Uh-huh. And I can give it to you anytime it comes on my That was the one I remember from the pubs and clubs back in the late 90s. And of course, the wedding disco dance floor. And But sadly... I think I actually forgot to put this on my brother's wedding playlist. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel quite guilty about that now. Well, through conversations in previous episodes, you had a lot to get on there. Mm. So this was featuring Moose T. So probably lesser known than the Cardigans, Robbie Williams, the Divine Comedy, etc. However, they had had the massive hit Horny just a year before. So this is probably the most recent collaborator. And also... This is the only original song on the album. And it's a rare move for Tom into a more dancier mm. uh, world. And also the disco version of this. That's the second version we played. Which was the radio edit, which you would have heard in the pubs and clubs and on the radio in the UK back in the late 90s, features a sample of All American Girls by Sister Sledge. Hmm. Not one of theirs that I know, if I'm honest. Uh, but yes, so I'm horny. Oh, too much information there. As in the other big hit from Moose T, it was very much around this time, wasn't it? This yeah. kind of late 90s. And then they sort of disappeared. And then five years after this, they had Is It Cause I'm Cool? Which was a very fun little song, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was little as well. It wasn't really anywhere near as big as I'm Horny or Sex Bomb. Mm. But this was a great opportunity for Tom to showcase... Um, a bit of a different sound for him. But also, this got to number three in the singles charts. It's climbing with every announcement you make. Mm. So this was one of the singles from Reload, and it was a big hit, and it did get, uh, it did do 
Unsurprisingly, this did amazingly across Europe. Yeah, you can imagine hearing this in the in the discotheque of Germany or somewhere somewhere similar. Yes, or you know, in Benidorm somewhere. Oh, they probably will still be played in Benidorm, won't it? But what's great about you've talked about the chart positions of uh, this at number three, and this was actually the fourth single from the album. But what was great, I think, is that if you look before this, Tom was getting the odd random top top twenty hit, nothing much really going on throughout the years that came before. But this was four or five or so just consecutive hits, which was great to see. Uh, track number eight now. You Need Love Like I Do, Don't You, featuring Heather Small. Yeah. You need love like I do, don't you? I can tell by the way you look when I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I ain't feeling proper. Whoa, 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 I'm deja vu again now, Dan. I'm sure that's not the version of that track that I remember either. I think we don't do bonus tracks on this album, but I think if you skip right to the end, you might find a, a, more, a more memorable version. That's more like it. So that was the 7th District, again, radio mix. So that was a similar thing to Sex Bomb. They released the more dancier disco version for UK radio airplane. And probably because they were singles number four and five, they needed a, people needed a reason to buy the single if they'd already got the album. So, you know... Just juice it up a bit. Yes. A bit uh, although it didn't really get... The same success, because we've got number 24. Yeah. But, you know. But I, Heather Small there, uh, lead singer of M People, but her powerhouse vocal performance, quite a match for Tom. Uh, what's your favourite M People track? Oh, God. Um, One Night in Heaven. Are you going to say the same? No, I was going to say Renaissance. I don't know that one. I'm not going to sing it. Look it up. Have a listen. Right. But also Heather Small solo career. Proud. Proud. Every year at the bloody Pride of Britain Awards, she gets wheeled out. <laughs> and she does a lot of Pride events as well, I think, purely because of that song. She's probably not even an ally. And that Don't was include that in <laughs> Slander. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> so this song was written by Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong, two iconic Motown uh artists, writers, producers, and it was originally recorded by the Jackson 5 and was also recorded by Gladys Knight. Ah, Mrs Knight. (laughs) Next one then, let's carry on with uh, Looking Out My Window featuring James Taylor. This is the way the story goes. Looking out my window, looking at the rain, nothing left but sorrow. Looking out my window there, featuring James Taylor, and one presumes his quartet aren't far behind. Yes, you'd imagine so. And what a what a funky little number that is. 
Really, what a brassy number that is. Mm. Which we've heard throughout the album. We've heard bits of brass, bits of hints of Bond and his own Bond theme. But certainly shines through there. What I love about this song is that this is a cover of a Tom Jones song. And this is one of very few instances of a song written by Tom himself. I mean, it had to happen at some point um, through the course of this album as well. But I just just thinking about it, we're just about halfway through the album now, although it feels like more, I know, listeners, but just the different styles we've already had. We've had, you know, we've had some guitar, we've had something a bit more whimsical, we've had something a bit more dancey. Now we've gone a bit more big band. Mm. What earth we've got still to come? Goodness knows, it's a... The, the jury's out on this one. But, Will, I'd love to know, what is your favourite James Taylor Quartet song? <laughs> oh, I couldn't name a James Taylor Quartet song. No, you couldn't name your favourite one, is that what you mean? I couldn't name anyone. Sadly, and likewise. And you know that, and that's why you put me on the spot. I did. I backed you into a corner and you acted. And what about my, you? Looking out my window, I think that's a great, <laughs> that's a great one. I don't think I need to mention the rest. No, let's move swiftly on now. So track number 10 now. This is Sometimes We Cry featuring Van Morrison. something a bit slower hmm. and if my dad was listening uh, he loves Van Morrison and Georgie Fame who's one of the people on backing vocals in that track oh. I have to say I'm not a, a big fan of Van Morrison's personally speaking I, I was I went to British Summertime Hyde Park last year uh, Van Morrison came out didn't say a single word to the audience just stood there played and left no thank you no introduction of songs thought he came across as quite a selfish individual, actually. Oh, dear, that's such a shame. Sorry, Dad. Uh, sorry, Mr Warren, if you're listening. Uh, this was... Uh, this is a cover of uh, one of Van Morrison's tracks himself. But I think I can say nothing more than it's a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Uh, and eyes down, let's have a look. It's a dog standing in front of a shop window... Uh, looks like the outside Radio Rentals. Oh my god! <laughs> with uh, lots of different TVs on, and of course, if you look at the TVs, you, it's all of the different people who are featured on the album. So I can see. So you had the small Heather. The I can see Robbie. I can yeah. see Kellis. Uh, I can. I don't know why I said that either. Well, actually, well, I don't. I, I don't know why you introduced this song in Welsh accent. I understand the Kellis one. Uh, so and then, brilliant up then there. across the the. the Name of the shop is Tom Jones, mm. um, and you've got all his artists in the window there as well. Um, it's a really nice bit of uh, bit of cover art, actually. It's quite an iconic. I, you know, I think I could see that if I squint my eyes. I think I still know that's that's him. If he's on a pub quiz and it was pixelated, what is it? Rude? No, not at all. Not at all. But I think it's a great way to showcase what the album's all about. It's like a pick and mix selection box in the window of different artists, all under Tom Jones's ownership. Yeah, I don't think they'd appreciate that ownership. And they've and he's got an alarm on the front of the shop as well, so everything's safe. Safety first. Safety first. 
Track number 11 now, and this is Lust for Life featuring The Pretenders. Iggy Pop obviously recorded the original. He did, and co-wrote it with David Bowie. What a partnership. Mm. Uh, It's fair to say, for me anyway, this cover isn't a patch on the original. No, it just doesn't quite have that angst and energy, does it? It feels a bit more lightweight. Yeah. And I think think what I love about the original is that the pounding drums from the word go, and the energy that song has, isn't present here. Mm. Yeah, for being quite honest, I think Chrissy Hind, of course, the lead singer of The Pretenders, her and Tom's voice just don't quite work together as well as some of the others. This one does feel a little bit like two colleagues at karaoke for the office Christmas party. Uh, we've all been there, haven't we? Yes. And did I tell you, I, I, I bumped into Chrissy Hind recently. No. I was at a, a dog show on Hampstead Heath. Really? And she was judging the... Uh, I think she lives nearby. She's a big fan and uh, of dogs and does a lot of charity work for them or certainly likes to raise awareness and yeah she was the guest judge uh, what was she like she was you know she looked like she was at a she was one of those people who had a car keys clipped to a belt uh, a belt loop and uh, just in a casual clothes and was just very you know very down to earth more interested in the dogs than the people I suppose you know she's moved on from her Pop star days now. Yeah. Oh, she just got a new album out this year, actually. So. <laughs> which which uh, the host of the dog show was trying to plug, and she didn't seem very interested in really talking about that. She was there for the dogs. Good. She's passionate about dogs. Passionate about pooches. <laughs> That's a great name uh, for a podcast. I think you say for a pet shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, what's your favourite Pretenders track? I have to go with being the fan of Christmas that I am, 2,000 Miles. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Um, I'm going to say, don't get me wrong, actually. Classic. Yeah, which is a classic. But you are a a Christmas file. Oh, I prefer the term um, (laughs) Christmasaholic. So, track number 12 now, Little Greenback. And you wouldn't know when you say the, the name of Little Green Bag necessarily what the song is. And then when you hear it, you think, yes. Yeah. Everyone knows this one. It is. It's just, yeah, it's one of those that somehow stuck somewhere in your subconscious. And I mean this when I say, what a fun song. When it gets into that chorus and it's jumped to the left and the right and all that kind of thing. It's just really, it's very difficult not to dance. You was giving it a little bit with your arms there. Yeah, I wasn't uh, motivated enough to get up. No. But enough to move. That was originally um, written by uh, Jan Visser and George Baker and recorded by the George Baker Selection back in 1969. 
Here it's Tom featuring the Burr Naked Ladies. Famous, of course, for their hits One, One Week. week. Well, and that was it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that was it, yeah. And actually, when I was looking at the track listing for this album, I did get them a little bit mixed up with the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, really? And I was thinking about Smash Mouth as well. All Star, right? Yeah. And Be- uh, Bloodhound Gang, of course, with... Um, the Bad Touch. The Bad Touch. <laughs> Which is a great song, actually. So, Will, sorry, what's your favourite Bare Naked Ladies? I think we've said it, haven't I'd we? I'd have to say it was um, One Week. Oh, snap. <laughs> Moving on. Track 13. And this is featuring Simply Red, Ain't That A Lot Of Love. I know the desert can hold a lot of love there with Simply Red and what I found interesting about this song so this was written by Homer Banks and Willia Dean Parker and I don't know about you but when I was listening to that song it's been covered by a few different people but I was thinking there's something quite recognisable about it and particularly the brass and the Spencer Davis group uh, used the riff for Gimme Some Lovin which was heard in Notting Hill the Notting Hill soundtrack oh yes and I don't know if I picked up on that but I knew I'd heard it from somewhere before Sometimes just a little bit more digging helps. Do you think there was a rivalry between the Spencer Davis group and the James Taylor Quartet? <laughs> they used to meet up on a Friday night and knock ten bells out of each other. Well, I like to think so. But chronologically speaking, that might not have been possible. Well, who cares about the chronology? Chronolog- it just sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. What a fun idea. What a fun song. And it was really fun, actually. But also notable because Simply Red did their own version of this. Quite selfishly, really. But some might say it was better. In fact, you said to me when it was playing, it was better. Should we have a little... Maybe it... maybe the editing fairies might drop in a little flavour that for us now. Ah, yes. I think I agree with you, actually, Dan. Got a bit more of a donk on it. Oh, it's a lovely progressive house version mm. treatment of that song. You've been eating through your music dictionary. Yes. Thesaurus, pardon me. Um, in, in shops in shops now for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Check your local urban outfitters for the track-by-track track guide to musical sounds. <laughs> um, but I do... I do I do prefer the Simply Red version for that production, but I do I thought enjoy... you were about to sing an ABBA song then. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do. So, yeah, enjoyed that, but come on now, this is getting on a bit. Should we, should we move on to the next song? Yeah, let's get on with it. We've all got places to be. So, track number 14, this is She Drives Me Crazy featuring Zuccaro. She drives me crazy She drives me crazy. 
Uh, that was a big, huge song for the Fine Young Cannibals. Yes, their biggest hit. Which was in 1988, uh, which got to number five in the singles chart. It's been much covered, that song, actually. Yes, and I think, I do again like that this is uh, quite a brassy little number. It's it's up there with uh, All Mine and a lot of the other Bond-esque things that are happening on this album, despite the fact that there are lots of things going on. However, I do prefer the original of this one, I have to say. Uh, and this is, of course, featuring Zuccaro, which you mentioned before. Zuccaro is oh, an, yes. an Italian singer-songwriter-musician, uh, and he has worked with the greats, not only, of course, Tom Jones, but Eric Clapton, Brian May, Pavarotti, Bono. The list goes on. He really is. He's not someone I'd heard of before, but clearly in his own field, um, he is uh, renowned. Track number 15 now. Featuring natural. Oh, sorry. Well, I didn't ask you for your favourite Zuccaro song. <laughs> That's why I'm glossing over it. Oh, sorry. I'll forget then. So we're on to Never Tear Us Apart now, featuring Natalie and Bruvia. Dan, you mentioned about a Bond-esque track earlier, but again, I was really getting that then. Definitely, yeah. Almost like one of the later... Well, I say later, it wasn't that. It's about the time of this recording. Uh, Garbage or Show a Crow or something like that. That's what I got from this one. Mm. And Nessie and Brulia there. I don't know how I feel about their vocals together. Yeah, I... Likewise, and I love Natalie Brulia. I think she's released some fantastic work and continues to actually. But yeah, just a little bit. It doesn't quite gel as well as some of the other ones have. But also, this is a, of course a cover of an NXS song. Are you an NXS fan? Not really, no. Same. And do you know what? I think sometimes if people are a fan, they can be quite surprised at that because I think some people will put them in the same category as. Duran Duran, which I find quite odd because I think in excess were a bit rockier. Oh, here they are. Here, well, here they are. Wheeling them out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Michael Hutchins and Simon Le Bon were very good friends. And in fact, those two, along with Bono, uh, had their own little club called the Lead Singers Club. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. It's a bit, a bit arrogant. <laughs> But I do like the NXS song "New Sensation." I think it's the one of theirs that I can get on board with. And this, actually, the original of this is very. Very heartfelt, very beautiful lyrics as well. And Natalie and Brulia there, without mentioning the T word, what's your favourite Natalie and Brulia song? Which one, Teeth or Tits? <laughs> oh, Tom, yeah. Um, no, mine would be, it, it does begin with a T, I think it would be That Day. Or maybe Beauty on the Fire. What's yours, Will? Um, I really enjoyed Big Mistake. Yeah, great one. And there was one about the, a wrong impression. Was that wrong impression? Wrong impression. Um, it, I, it was very memorable because from wh- when I was working somewhere at the time, it was used in a staff training video. Oh, lovely. About not creating the wrong impression. The wrong impression. It was very literal. You're working for Homes Under the Hammer, by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, track number 16. Nearly there. An ultimate track, guys. But it's a, it's a cracker. A this, Christmas cracker. A Christmas cracker. This is featuring Kedis Matthews. And it's baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> 
Merry Christmas, Will. Oh, I think that's the first Merry Christmas I've had this year, actually. Well, I should hope so, too. Thank you very much. Uh, that was the unmistakable sound of Keris Matthews. Another Welsh friend. Another Welsh friend of Tom's. And Catatonia and Keris, oh. again, the late 90s, they were everywhere. And quite right, too. They were fantastic. Mm. So, can you send Cook out again about that dog <laughs> yapping away? We are recording from Battersea Dogs Home this week. Well, we're not that far away, actually. Yeah. So, uh, fact fans. Um, or stalkers as well. <laughs> so, that song, it doesn't mention Christmas in it, but of course it says it's cold outside. It's just synonymous with Christmas, isn't it? And it has, that was written in the 40s and has been recorded by just about everyone since then, uh, from Louis Armstrong to Michael Bublé to Kelly Clarkson. Uh, but my favourite version after this Tom Jones and Keris Matthews version is Buddy the Elf and Jovi from um, Elf, the, music, the film. Ah, you're just Christmas through and through, aren't you? So you touched upon Catatonia before. I, ha- I have to say, after listening to this album this week, I had to go back and listen to Mulder and Scully and Road Rage for the first time in a long time. Great so songs. I'd have to say Road Rage is probably my favourite Catatonia song. You remember how it go, how the chorus goes? It's all over the front page. Front page. <laughs> you give me Road Rage. <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah, Brilliant. They also had a great song called Karaoke Queen. Do you remember that one? Karaoke, yes, yeah. yeah. Great video for that one. And another song called Dead From The Waist Down. I don't know what happened to Castonia. They were a great band. It just they fizzled away, and then Carrie's had a solo career. She had a bit of a bad time in the jungle, celebrity jungle, with uh, Beppe DiMarco's brother, and uh, went on to present Michael Greco. Uh, well, brother, brother, oh, okay. brother there, brother, yeah. And uh, now I think presents on BBC Radio Two. And good for her. Um, but she was always. I remember seeing her she, when she was on like TFI Friday or whatever. She was brilliant. Yeah. She was. She had a lot to say for herself. Uh, hilarious. Proper uh, Welsh lass. Proper Welsh lass. And I'd imagine some of the banter you hear on this song it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't a little bit ad libbed. Oh, there's a lovely bit at the end. Uh, probably not the bit we'll, we'll play, but she says like something like it was bloody freezing or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, lovely moment. Lovely. Lovely moment. We're on to the last track of the album, finally. <laughs> no. So this, no, we've really enjoyed it, but it's 17 tracks. Quite, quite greedy. And it's definitely bedtime. So this is track 17, Motherless Child, featuring Porter's Head. Child. So this one for the last track in the album. It's not actually a track that's been uh, written and previously released. This is a very old track which goes back to uh, to slavery and talks about well, kind of what it is really mm. about children being torn from their parents. So really ends on you know there's a there's a bit of a party going on in this album in places with sex bomb and things like that, but it ends on a real. Oh, very serious note, I suppose. Somber, quite a somber note. Mm. Mm. But it is 
you know, just thinking about this as a as a song, as a production with Portishead, it's a very interesting piece as well compared to, again, some of the more poppy things we've heard in this album. And it's definitely in keeping with the Portishead tone definitely. as well. And interestingly, I think, um, I don't know, potentially leading on from this, Tom Jones' last three albums have all kind of been a little bit more more sombre in theme. They've t- uh, he's t- sort of taken inspiration from uh, gospel and things like that. And I do wonder, actually, if this played a part in that. I'll never know. Unless I bump into him and then I'll ask him. And do you think that's likely? Um, yes, I think probably will happen one day. So, favourite Porter said song, Will? I'd have to say Glory Box. A classic. Yes, absolutely. I'm just going to throw a curveball in there and say their cover of SOS, which we mentioned on the Shared Dancing Queen episode almost a year ago now. Uh, I think it's a great interpretation. Oh, yes. I remember that well. Mm. So, that's the end of Tom Jones's Reload. He certainly did a lot of collaborations. Yes. Uh, and good for him. I wonder if anything was left on the studio floor or if he literally put everything in there that was recorded. If I bump into him again, I will ask him that as well. So just a quick uh, update on how this album performed. Um, and it was very well received. So if I had to give it a uh, a mark out of 10 on average, I would probably say 8 out of 10 was where it landed. Good for him. With particularly good reviews. Uh, from The Guardian, who gave it 5 out of 5. Uh, NME, who gave it 8 out of 10. And Entertainment Weekly, that gave it a Digital Spy. Um, I think there must have been some uh, babies switched at birth or something that week on Neighbours. <laughs> well, I guess it was all happening on Brookside at this time. <laughs> well, yes, dating back. So, for further listening, what I thought we could do, mm-hmm. Dan, is think about our favourite other Tom Jones collaborations. I love it. So, I love it if you could go first. I'd love to. So, I've gone from a track from 2006, so seven years after this album. It's Tom featuring on a track, a dance track. It's called Stones in Love. Will, are you stoned in love with that song? I've been a fan of Chicane for for many years um, and his many collaborations and and iterations. Um, and it's, yeah, it's great. It's a great dance track, that one. The thing I love about it is that when I first heard this song, I remember at first, I think I thought just Tom Jones sang the chorus and someone else did the first part because I think there's something about the verses where he's singing in a completely different way. Very, it's much more laid back, it's much kind of lower register, it's not as powerful. Um, and I, re- I really like that it's so many years into his career and working with someone different that's made that happen. And this charted at number seven. So this was Tom's first top ten hit since Sex Bomb in 2000. Really? Yeah. It took him that long? And he hasn't. Oh, he has had one since, actually. And with that in mind, well, over to you. What is your... Further listening choice. Well, I would say, first of all, if we were in keeping with the rest of the podcast, my favourite chicane 
oh. track. I'd have to say salt water. Yeah, I would go with, I think, Don't Give Up with Bran Adams. Oh, and maybe if the editing fenner. <laughs> There's too much in this episode already. <laughs> I'm going to squash those editing fairies. <laughs> so, Will, what's your further listening choice? Well, a bit of a, uh, a bit out there, my choice, actually, but a fun one to end on is this is uh, a comic relief single featuring Uncle Bryn and Nessa <laughs> from Gavin and Stacey, Islands in the Stream. Righty, Ness, it's a Tom Jones. All right, Tom, how's it going, all right? Sail away. Islands in the Stream, which was uh, released for Comic Relief in 2009, so 10 years ago now. Goodness me. Where does the time go? But this song, I mean, it's not it's not going to set the world on fire, is it? But it's a fun collaboration for charity, which was with uh, Rob Brydon, Ruth Jones in character from Gavin and Stacey with Tom Jones and Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees. And it's got to number one for Comic Relief. Which is always great. Yeah. It's just yeah, very fun. What a fun way to end this long slog of a podcast. Uh, and that's only because the album was long, not because we felt like it wasn't worth talking about. Absolutely. It's not. all been uh, very enjoyable. But yes, we're, at the, we're out of time. We're out of time. So please do let us know what you think of Tom Jones, what you think of Reload, what you think of the Cardigans and Robert Williams and Space and Mad Street Preachers and all those things. Et cetera, et cetera. Yes. yes. At Moves to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And uh, if you head on over to Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a rating, give us a comment. Uh, it's always lovely to hear from you. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Certainly. So next week we are, of course, celebrating another anniversary. It's nine years since the release of this album by, I would say, one of the biggest producers of the last decade. Stuart Price. Sadly not who followed a an album of cover versions with this album of original material. You're stumped, aren't you? Who is it? You're stumped. <laughs> <laughs> to say anything more... Would be to give it away. Because I'm baffled still. Uh, so until next time, I've been Vanessa Shanessa Jenkins. And I've been Bryn West. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bloody freezer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>